0: Good morning, people.
1: Good morning. Hi, Steve. An advertisement Steve. for Christmas Eve. You read about that? You're going to Yeah. Okay. Is that cute? You got instructions on how to make them, and you can bring them, make <laughs> one to contribute to the yeah somebody you know Kathy Devine I'm telling everybody how we can make uh <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's great. You're just helping us out here. <laughs> everybody is welcome to do that. And then we'll put them all in a big box in front of the the uh, building. Just drop those off sometime before the 23rd. And um And I think it should tell you exactly how to do it on the website if you want to go there. You can see folks are coming in right about now, gathering together, getting their coffee or their bagel or both. Uh We're so glad you're here. about ready to get started, so we'll be muting all of the microphones as we begin. Welcome. We are called to worship this morning. By words from David O. Rankin.
0: During the Advent season, we celebrate the qualities of faith, hope, love and joy. Yet these must be viewed through the prism of paradox.
1: No faith is worthy without the capacity to doubt all things. For then it is only credulity.
0: No hope is possible without the specter of defeat in the wings, for then it is only dreaming.
1: No love is strong without the dread of loss in the heart, for then it is only passion.
0: No joy is complete without the certainty of sorrow in the future, for then it is only frivolity.
1: Thus, it is wrong to mislead people, with simplistic notions, for they distract us from the fullness of life. After all, the seas have storms, the clouds have lightning, and the roses have thorns forever. Come, let us worship together. We acknowledge that the land we gather on as a congregation where we live, work and play was not freely given to us. We are gathered on the ancestral land of the Nuchu or Ute, Apache, the Pueblos, Hopi, Zuni and Diné nations. This was also a site of trade, gathering and healing for other native tribes. We recognize the indigenous peoples as original stewards of this land. As these words are spoken and heard, the ties nations have to their ancestral homelands are renewed and reaffirmed. We acknowledge that our use of and benefit from this land came at a dire cost to Native nations and peoples whose land we now inhabit. I am Katie Kandarian Morris, Minister of the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of Durango. I'm so grateful to be creating community with you today, this congregation of beautiful, caring and justice-striving people. In this difficult year especially, it is a balm simply being together, responding to the world's hope and brokenness with our liberal religious values. Unitarian Universalists have radical roots and a history as self-motivated spiritual people. We think for ourselves and recognize that life experience influences our beliefs more than anything. We gather in the spirit of covenant. Today is Share the Plate Sunday, and this is the last month and last opportunity where our contributions will go to the local agency, Four Corners Office for Resource Efficiency. And Tom Miller chairs their board and he will tell us about them.
0: Good morning. Um, I think the climate crisis is without a doubt the most important issue facing humanity today. And if not ever, like many of you, I've been trying to do as much as I can to reduce my personal impact on the environment but I wanted to do more. So I became involved with our environmental justice team about which you will hear more in the coming months. I also joined the four core board a year ago and became board chair in March. All these activities dovetail nicely and give me a sense that I'm doing at least something to make a small difference. In the last couple of months, you've heard from uh, Werner and Lori about the different ways that four core helps this community deal with the effects of climate change. We help the community, especially lower income folks to audit their energy use and provide support to retrofit their homes. Think slower installations, weatherization projects, um, heat exchange kind of things, water conservation. And we're pushing for greater energy efficiency. What we, what we also offer are community tips and ideas about resource conservation, saving energy and energy related dollars. We're coordinating region-wide programs that support increased electric vehicle usage. And our newest program, which Lori teaches about a month ago, is the Four Corners Carbon Offset Fund. And it's now a reality online. Almost everything we do and purchase contributes in some way to adding carbon to the atmosphere. You may already be aware of your carbon footprint and are thinking about and employing different ways that you can reduce it. Some of you may also actively consider ways to offset the carbon contribution that you can't reduce. There's an increasing number of ways for you to do that. And although most of them mean that dollars you spend to buy offsets go out of town, out of state, and even quite often even out of the country. Many of these projects are large and intended to make a significant difference, and many of them do. What makes Four Corners' carbon offset program unique is that the dollars contributed to the fund go to local projects. The money stays here and supports local families, businesses, and our environment. Your contributions to 4 Core through the Share the Plate today will go to help all of our programs be stronger and more effective. And you can find out more about the carbon offset program specifically and calculate your carbon footprint on our website, fourcornersoffset.org. And I will put that in the chat line. And we from Four Core appreciate all your donations from the past couple of months. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Tom. One more announcement. Um, Are you sad that we can't be physically together on Christmas Eve? Yes, I am. Uh, We've come up with a way for you and for your creativity to stand in for you. On the church website, our instructions on how to make your unique luminaria and and a number of them if you'd like and deliver them to the UUFD, um, the actual brick and mortar building right at the front door of the sanctuary. And then come back on Christmas Eve after the service is over and we'll all gather and stay in our cars and drive by and wave to each other and be able to view in the dark all these beautiful luminarias that will set out to beautify our, our neighborhood. Last Sunday was the first week in Advent, and so for that, we light a candle of hope. This week, we pledge to work for that most rare of things, peace on earth. So we light the second candle. In this holiday season, may we find peace inside ourselves. May we be peace for those around us. And may we renew our commitment to bring peace with justice to our community and the world, may we be peace. And now may we deepen into prayer. I use these words from my colleague, Sean Parker Dennison last Wednesday night at our meditative service. Sean serves our congregation in Ashland, Oregon to which our UUFD social justice team has recently sent disaster relief funds after the devastating fire season that took place there. Sean's words are titled, less here now. Less light today than yesterday. Less sun for growing things. Less time for demanding doing. Less gleam and shine and sheen and dazzle. I did not know how much I needed this diminishment. Here is the last green pink tomato turning. Here is the rough undercoat thickening. Here is the urge to dig in for hibernation. Here is the slow return to the fire. I did not know the importance of this respite, this repose. Now the smell of decay and transformation. Now the fruiting and the harvest. Now the letting go, the fiery spin into the wind. Now the sigh of completion. I did not know death could be so beautiful. I did not understand the relief of letting go. This morning, we're going to use the Tibetan bowl that we used most weeks in our building. I'll ring that as it moves us into silence. May it be so Amin, Amen, Ashe, blessed be. Dona nobis pacem, such a beautiful melody. It's attributed to Mozart, but I've read that this piece is actually not academically well written, egad, right? We just heard it on the native flute. It was so beautiful. Beautiful. But what that means is that its origins are likely in folk music. It's probably written by a composer in the 16th or 17th century Germany. And this song is sung at Christmas because of its message of peace. That song is beautiful, isn't it? And when it's sung with three different phrases... The words for each phrase are simply repeated, not changed or embellished, simply sung as Dona Nobis Pacem or Grant Us Peace, Grant Us Peace, Grant Us Peace. There's another hymn that makes me think. That this song makes me think of. And okay, I get minister's indulgence here. I'm missing singing so much right now. And the old fashioned ones are especially making me cry. The song I'm thinking of that this, that Dona Nobis Pacham makes me think of, is also in our hymnal. And we sing it as. God of grace and God of glory. I'm thinking Elizabeth Crawford, our choir director, knows which one I'm talking about. There's no Latin, but it's really the same kind of prayer. It's that same kind of, as uh, Grantus Peace, that same kind of prayer of supplication. In other words, the whole thing is asking for needed qualities for living, So in God of grace and God of glory, each verse ends with a list of requests. The first one is, grant us wisdom, grant us courage for the facing of this hour. The second verse, grant us wisdom, grant us courage for the living of these days. The third verse Grant us wisdom, grant us courage, make thy peace our daily goal. And then finally, if you want, can you think of what song I'm doing? Grant us wisdom, grant us courage, ears to hear and eyes to see, ears to hear and eyes to see. Advent is for waiting, for getting quiet, maybe with the resultant wisdom, courage, and a bit of peace. The Hebrew word for wait, however, can also mean hope. And right about now, we need a message of hope. At our house, we've just made the shared decision that plans for the last two of our family members were going to be canceled. They would not be visiting us this year after all. And that just feels so horribly sad to me. For me, a small Thanksgiving was okay, was manageable, but now I'm I'm really grieving. And then... Another well-loved person in Unitarian Universalism, a colleague, Hope Johnson, died just this past week. And one of our members' spouse just died. Reading the paper is getting harder. We need a message of hope right now. I like Advent. And in other years, when I focused on waiting, making this spiritual season part of my regular seasonal practice, somehow what I've done in the past now seems superficial. At the time, the move to quiet and stillness was a response to the heightened consumerism. Wait to slow the season, to imbue it with a more humanist, Christianity, rather than ignoring the beautiful religious stories that accompany this time of year. And then add to that the pagan influences of Yule Logs and the darkness, the Jewish stories of miraculous candlelight, this daily practice of Advent that acknowledges the tension between the already and the not yet. Always for connecting to faith, tradition, the spiritual becomes rich. And yet it's complex. Christian congregations sing or recite at this time of year, come Lord Jesus. And uh, Professor Scott Carnes names the confusion of a prayer for the Lord's coming when the Lord is already born among us there's the paradox. As Scott Carnes writes, clearly, he says, our fallen world is still yearning for a savior. All things are not as they should be. Well, I may not express it exactly the same, but I I get it. In a similar theological bent, I believe that none of us can be free until we all are. And that our collective salvation calls for collective sacrifice. And that we must work to bring about liberation, creating the beloved community. It's here, but not yet. But then, here we are today. I mean, really, what are we waiting for? for the new president to put his hand on the Bible, for the vaccine to come to our door, for all to understand that black lives matter, to get back into the church building, to be able to give someone a hug, to see our grandchildren, to pay off the mortgage. This advent, we seem to already have gotten to quiet. The theme of stillness is already with us. And now we must deal with it, get comfortable with it. See how it might have changed us for the time when we come out of the darkness. This is a grave time. I've heard it expressed that it's like a daily 9-11. And this will be a really hard winter ahead. Vaccines are on the horizon, but it's still a ways out there. I've just about had it with the pandemic. For me, time seems somewhat unreal when the year 2020 just sort of flipped by. But maybe that's my other lesson. I need to recognize that I haven't quite reached the place for reflection yet. I'm still in it, still in the belly. And so I wait. Won't you wait with me? Making this time real, worth something. Worth living. This time, worth living for. Dona nobis pacem. Grant us peace. Grant us wisdom. Grant us courage. For the Facing of This Hour. For the Facing of This Hour. For the Facing of This Hour. I love you. Amen. Amin. Ashe. Blessed be.